Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And as the introduction said, this is Cindy Meyer, the publisher of Spirit Seeker Magazine. I have been the publisher for 20 years. It's just hard to believe that uh, we have been on the front lines of bringing you the greatest and most inspiring work in the area of mind, body, and spirit. And my guest tonight, you will hear, uh, Sandra Ray, in just a moment I'll be bringing her on, she had a lot to do with the catalyst for the path that I took with my life and publishing. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But I want to mention that our October issue is still um, the main issue live on spiritseeker.com. Our November issue was printed and shipped yesterday. And in the October issue, there are some really amazing articles. There's a tribute to Wayne Dyer, who helped all of us on the planet from May 1940 through August 2015 and was a huge supporter of St. Louis and the PBS network because um, Bob Hyland is the one who helped launch his career way back when. He needed a radio announcer to fill in, and Wayne Dyer filled in. So that's when he um, first became known nationwide for his book that he was selling out of the trunk of his car. So Wayne Dyer always uh, was very, very kind to St. Louis, which is where I I hail. I'm from St. Louis, and um, I'm a native. And um, so I just want to mention it's a fabulous tribute to him written by his daughter, Serena. Um, The other thing is we have some articles on crazy, sexy juice, juicing to be even more powerfully beautiful inside and out. There's uh, an article by our guest tonight, Sandra Ray, and her husband, Marcus Ray, Good Ingredients for Spiritual Intimacy, and we will be talking about uh, that new book tonight. There's also um, a really fascinating article on looking at autism and Asperger's and the the wide spectrum of autistic diseases that seem to be more prevalent now than ever before. And so the article is is an excerpt from Neurotribes, and it's a way of looking at autism and the future of neurodiversity so that we understand that the way people process with their minds, uh, neurosciences, neuro-everything, neuro-pathways, is different with people. And the more we understand that diversity, then the more we will understand that there's, it isn't that there's something wrong with someone. It's just the way their mind works. And oftentimes they're quite brilliant, but, you know, we have stigmas in our society. So it's really a wonderful book. Um, and then the last uh, our main article, but, you know, we have all of our regulars, um, monthly astrology, which is Vedic astrology from India every month. Um, but the, the therapist for lost souls, and it's looking at, Um, attachment disorder, like attachments, demonic attachments or other attachments that attach to people that causes mental illness. So that's the October issue. The November is fabulous. 
And um, I hope you will take time to go to spiritseeker.com and to let your friends and other other you know people in your life know about this wonderful magazine that's online. We've been online since 1998. Every single month, there we are to read. Now, if you want to know about weekly radio shows like this or when the magazine is online or whenever there are great mind, body, spirit events happening nationwide into Canada and Europe, all you have to do is send an email to info at spiritseeker.com and we will add you to our sacrosanct email list. We do not sell that list to anyone. We do allow people to um, promote their events on our list. Okay, so that is it. Those are all of my announcements. So now I am going to tell you a little bit about my guest this evening and then I will bring her on. I met Sandra Ray on my 37th birthday in 1992 in Chesterfield, Missouri, um, I, I had sold an ad. I was working for a women's newspaper, and the only way I could get the ad was to um, do an interview. Only Sandra was in the Himalayas at that time, so I couldn't do the interview. Um, you know, so instead I had to read her books and write an article. And the article um, that I wrote was after reading her book "I Deserve Love," and then I met her chanting in the back yard of a home in, uh, as I said, in my hometown, Chesterfield, Missouri, and had never chanted in Sanskrit, didn't even know what it meant, but all I knew is I was profoundly changed. And I listened to her for two and a half hours that night, and then the next night she spoke in front of 300 people at the Missouri Botanical Gardens, and I was forever changed. I signed up for her breathwork program, never even having had a private session, which apparently you're not supposed to do, but I did it anyway. So, who is is Sandra Ray. <laughs> Besides, like, this wild, wild woman who changes people's lives on every level. Um, she is the mother of rebirthing. She's a pioneer. She's a leader. She's an author. She's a life teacher. And she's a self-awareness guru, master teacher. She has written over 22 books, Um on the subjects of rebirthing, relationships, ideal birth, the forgiveness diet, A Course in Miracles. If it weren't for Sandra, I don't know that I, you know, I mean, I had had the books, but they were collecting dust. And then Sandra said, you know, in her Sandra voice, if you're not reading them, put them near where you're sleeping, and you'll get it while you're sleeping. <laughs> it's vibration. <laughs> and she says, you know, the only books that are required, you know, are reading the Bible and reading, you know, The Course in Miracles. But, of course, Course in Miracles, you know, is what, like, really hit me. And, you know, I, I hosted a study group in my my house for four years because of hearing Sandra Ray in my, my ear. And um, she also... Uh, Oh, what can I say? She is known the world over, you know, because of her seminars. She's recognized um, for her her relationship work. I call Sandra Ray the relationship guru. She is the founder of the Loving Relationships Training. She interviewed people over and over, asking them, well, what, how did your relationship work? Or what, what, what's the story? You know, she's one of these curious people, and then she just, you know, gets right inside your mind. And um, and she's fabulous with it. She is also or also uh, was a uh, one of the pioneer in the first ten groups of the Peace Corps, and that is because she was inspired by President Kennedy, and she she was you know on the front lines in in devotion work in that way. Her latest book is Spiritual Intimacy, and this is a book co-authored with her husband Marcus Ray. And okay, enough of all that, Sandra. I'm so glad that you are my guest tonight. <laughs> Hey, thank you. I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah. So, you know, you introduced me to the Divine Mother. I had never heard of the Divine Mother before you. There were so many mm-hmm. things I had not heard of before you. So okay. you can start you you can start wherever you want with your journey. Um but I know that you're you know the part I remember is that your hair was falling out, you'd gone through a loss in a marriage and you drove to California and if I remember correctly your car literally stopped working in front of an apartment that you told the man he had to rent to you even though you didn't have a job. Am I right? Yes, more or less, right. Uh, I <laughs> My car stopped dead at Scott Street, and my name was Sandra Scott at the time. And I it said furnished apartment for rent, and I said, wow, I, I definitely need a furnished apartment. I have no furniture. And I told him I need to live here, and he kept telling me, you know, the price, and he added it up, you know, the deposit, the first month's rent, the last month's rent. And I said, well, I don't have that, but I need to live here. And I couldn't move. I just stayed there, and he couldn't believe I wasn't leaving. And he kept telling me what the price was, and I kept saying, I don't have it, but I need to live here. And then, you know, for some reason, because God wanted it, he said, okay, I've never done this in 25 years. But you can move in. I didn't have any deposit or any rent ahead of time, and he let me move in, and that was the beginning of the miracle. And then everything went, you know, everything took off from there. And I got a job in one day, even though the California Nurses Association said it would take two years because the waiting list was two years, and um, there was no jobs in California. I got a job in one day. <laughs> So I, I really, I really was blessed. Well, and you're a formidable force. I mean, and you've got this—the galleon of spiritual helpers right there with you. So it doesn't surprise right. me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. So I, I was blessed by Babaji, Amaji, and Jesus. Those are the main teachers that I have. So how did this apartment on Scott Street? which I did not remember the part about your name being Scott at that time. Yeah, okay. I mean, so so you were nursing at this time, but then you found your way to this new technique of breath work that you heard about. Well, I was so desperate because my hair was falling out, as you said, and so I was desperate for help. And uh, then I had I also had a pain in my body for 15 years, which started when my father died. Nobody could help me with that, and nobody could help me with my hair falling out in my own profession of nursing. And then when I was in California, I started having car accidents, and my left rear end of my car was always getting banged up. So I had three serious problems nobody could help me with. And, you know, one night I was just crying about all this, and these guys sitting behind me said, what's your problem, madam? And I told them, and they said, oh, there's this new guru in town, we'll take you to him. So I said, I'll try anything. And then they drove me out to the woods in Santa Cruz Mountains, and there I met this man, and uh, he was named Leonard Orr. And he had a flip chart, and he had written down the five biggies, which are the five most negative consciousness factors that keep you from being in bliss. And I looked at those, and I said, wow, I haven't handled any of those. My All my problems must be in those five things. So maybe he's my teacher. And that's how it all started. 
you know, I, I really uh, was just searching for any kind of teacher, and there he was. Right there in California. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And then, you know, how did, okay, so I know you were like one of the first people, you know, that were studying with him with this breathwork technique uh-huh. and do you want to talk just a little bit about how breathwork changed your life and your life mission? Right, because, yes, you know, I had these serious problems, and uh, we we were doing an experiment then. He was doing an experiment, and he put us in a hot tub with very hot water with a snorkel and a nose plug, and we rolled up in the fetal position, and we were breathing. And this was a technique called rebirthing, and I uh, was one of the first people to try this experiment. And... Believe it or not, it just blew my mind, and I changed totally after one session. And after three sessions, the pain in my body disappeared forever, literally. I never had any more pain in my body. And I was so thrown, you know, into ecstasy by that. So I said, wow, this is the miracle I've been looking for, you know, and... um, to be relieved of this pain, you know, was amazing. And, well, it took longer to get my hair to grow back, but the pain went away after three sessions, and I stopped having car accidents. So I said, wow, this is it. I need to give up medicine and become a spiritual healer. So I did that, and then after about a year, even my hair grew back. So um, I solved all my problems by this breath work, and I was just... So I decided to become a breath worker, and um, the rest is history. From then on, that's what I've done. You haven't stopped. No. (laughs) No, because, you know, I I knew it was my mission to take it around the world, and I'm still doing that, and I will forever do that because I want people to know that this is available and that they can heal all their conditions. So I'm still doing it. Well, and you wrote the book, How to Be Chic, Fabulous, and Live Forever. And, you know, you were ageless, Sandra. I mean, I just saw you. Well, that was a I little returned. later. I mean, I wrote I wrote that a little bit later because, you see, well, Leonard was teaching uh, physical immortality, and I thought, wow, I need to write about this. There's, but there was very little literature at the time available and I said, I need to write about this for breath workers. And uh, so I went in seclusion, and I started writing that. And, you know, when you write something like that, everything unlike that comes out of your body. So I, I went through aging. I went through everything at 33 years old. And, uh, you know, and then I just got through it. I, I, I realized aging is controlled by consciousness. And, uh, you know, I, that was one of the early books I wrote. But, um, you know, it took a long time to integrate that whole subject. So, you know, I don't even know where to begin with the next part that I would love for you to share with our listeners. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the Babaji, Babaji started it, and then you were led to the um, living incarnations of the Divine Mother, you know, where, mm. where would you like to start with your India? How many years in a row have you been oh, to India? Oh, okay, now? okay, right. So after a couple of years of doing breath work and um, researching all these things, how your birth affects your relationships became my study, and I became kind of famous for that because nobody else was doing that. 
Well, then uh, we got this letter in the mail that was very mysterious. There was no return address. It was stamped from India. It said Leonard Orr, 301 Lyon Street, and there was no return address. And I opened it up, and it just said, come to India. There was no signature. So I said, Leonard, we've been called. You know, someone's calling us to go to India, and I need, you know, I knew I needed to be there. I had no money because I'd just given up my nursing career, and I had to borrow the money. But it's the best thing I ever did in my life. You know, I went, and um, I think there was a ten of us new rebirthers that went with him. And he said, "Okay, let's all split up and go to different." parts of India and look for gurus and we'll come back and share in two weeks. So we did. We all went and I went south. I went to Rajneesh's ashram and I went to different places and we all came back in two weeks and compared notes and uh, he had met this guru named Abu and we thought maybe he was the one. But one girl was missing. You know, she didn't come back and we had, you can't find a missing person in India. It's not possible. So <laughs> we had to go back without her. And she came back seven months later, and she walked in, and she said, I found the real Babaji. And we said, what? And the hero of the book, Autobiography of a Yogi. So then I said, we need to go back right now. And so we went back. Uh, some of us went back to meet um, Babaji. And that that was a real life-changing experience, you know. And my life, there's only for me before Babaji and after Babaji, you know. And uh, so I'm very blessed that I got to meet him. And, of course, it took me two years to recover from the sight of him because he's an avatar, which means he was not born of a woman. He materialized his body. So that took me two years to integrate that. And uh, after that, we were we were totally changed. And then um, he stayed for 14 years, from 1970 to 1984. And then he started sending us all to Amaji. He left, and he started sending us to the Divine Mother because he said, you know, the patriarchy is keeping everything out of balance, and we need to balance it. So he. So we started, you know, going to Amaji and the Divine Mother, and then I started over a 10-year period having miracles of the Divine Mother. And that really changed everything, of course. So uh, after that, I felt that everything was kind of a balance in myself. You know, the, the masculine and feminine were in balance, and I could contribute more because of that. So I started writing about that. Well, and Sandra, I can remember still to this day the first Divine Mother conference you did in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, right. You were there. And my mother was there, yes. too, right? Wow, that's I met amazing. your mother. I met Ethel in Greece. I met her uh-huh. in New Mexico. I met her right. in so many different places. Yes. Right. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, that was that the was... first one that we ever did was in Bishop Lodge in Santa Fe, yeah, and, uh, you know, after that, I started writing about the Divine Mother, and now, over the last few years, uh, we we have added that to Breathwork, my husband and I. We do the names of the Divine Mother. We read them at the end of the Breathwork session for the people, 
and we call in the Divine Mother, and and then we do a mantra to the Divine Mother, and it makes everything so much more powerful. So we call well, it liberation was, breathing. Yeah, I mean that was my, you know, I mean, I, you always had Amici on your altar. You had uh, Mother uh-huh. Mira. And you gave uh-huh. me a picture of Mother Mira as a thank you one time, you know, for me bringing you here to St. Louis. And then um, Amakaruna Mai. Okay, mm. this is such a yeah, this is such a funny story, yeah. right? And so one day at Spirit Seeker, I get a call from this woman, and she's talking so quickly, I only catch every other word. And she was from India, and I finally said. Excuse me, are you talking about Ama Karuna Mai, the divine mother who lived in the woods for 10 years? And she says, oh, you know Ama, you know Ama. And the next thing you know, I find out that she's coming to St. Louis. She's staying in my subdivision. And the way Mm. this woman found her way to me is she heard that I did a divine mother chanting group every month at my home. And somehow Mm. it, it... Somehow it reached her. So I actually met Alma Karuna Mai at, I mean, I was the only non-Hindu there in this ah. home in my subdivision. And, and you know, my address is 1320 and hers is 1302. You know, oh and my. numerologically, mm-hmm. that's six, you know, spirit, you know, emotional fulfillment. But if if I, you know, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't have known. And then here's this woman that I, you know, at the Hindu temple who's speaking, and she's they're showing pictures of the wild animals in her lap because yeah. she would do the mantras out loud or silently and either way the animals just felt her love. Right, yeah. Amazing, right? Amazing, yeah. It's more than amazing. It's like And now really? and now of course with Amaji now, you know, she she's called the hugging saint and she hugs everybody and she's hugged as many as twenty or thirty thousand people in one sitting. Which, you know, seems theoretically impossible, but she does it. She doesn't even get up. She just works through the night and hugs everybody that's there, even if there's 20,000 people. So everybody should know about Amaji and go to ama.org. We're very mm-hmm. fortunate in the Midwest. There is an, uh, an Amaji uh, ashram in um Right in Elgin, it's right near Chicago, and oh, okay. they, that's nice. Yeah, and the well, and the founder of Bhakti Fest, Sridhar, is a he's the one who made the movie about Amici, and so he does Bhakti Fest in Wisconsin, and always times it so that people can leave Bhakti Fest after chanting for three days in a row with the top kirtan masters in the U.S. And I'll, it's you know it's like all over Krishna Das and Durga Das and all of them, mm-hmm. and then. Everyone leaves in mass from that experience to Amaji. Wow, that's great. That's really and good. I didn't meet her until 2012 personally when after I had broken my leg. And it was a different experience. I mean, Sandra, I thought, I don't know what I thought, but this is what I experienced. I could not kneel because I had fractured my knee and my ankle. Oh, and I so didn't know I was, this part. Yes, I was in a chair and she pulled me in to her bosom she literally pulls you in and then she's talking in hindu to a person on the left and a person on the right and answer like you can tell she's like orchestrating global affairs while she's hugging you and then she pulls right, you in multitasking and you know you don't right. even feel uh you don't feel neglected even though she's doing oh, all no. these things at the same time 
I was like, I felt like Shiva. I thought, oh, my gosh, her arms are going in every direction. And then she'd pull me in deeper, and then she would say, Mudra, the mother. Mudra, the mother. Uh You know, the mother. And I just, I felt like, I just felt years of pain and everything just leaving. Oh, great. Yeah, that's really important. People hear that. That's great. That's true. I, you know, I mean, you are a front runner in understanding, and and you were the first woman, am I right, that was invited to experience or and participate in the Divine Mother um, ceremonies in India. Would you would you like to talk about that? Uh, well, they in in India they have a ceremony a celebration called Navaratri, which is ceremonies to the Divine Mother for nine straight days, you know, fire ceremonies and prayers and everything. So every day they do these ceremonies. And um, usually what happens is the men sit in a circle around the fire and, you know, they do these offerings. They have uh, on these plates made out of leaves woven together, they have grains and, you know, fruits and flowers and incense, and you offer this to the fire. And usually the men do it, and then, uh, you know, I've been chosen to do it to represent the women, and so um, sometimes they let women do it, but usually they say the men need it more. (laughs) The men need the Divine Mother, so they usually let the men do it. And then I do it kind of representing the women, yeah. And uh, it's very special. And this ceremony is so holy and powerful. It's a fire ceremony, you know, and there's this big fire going. And you do all these offerings to the Divine Mother, and then they have these chants going on and these prayers to the Divine Mother. And you make these offerings. It's kind of like a Thanksgiving, you know, where you give back to the mother because you received all these blessings. And so I kind of do it for uh, my group. I take a group every year to India, and I kind of represent them. For the, I do it for them, yeah. Oh, well, I'm not the only woman in the world that does it, but, you know, sometimes they let women do it. So I'm privileged, you know, to do it. Yeah, and Sandra, you take people from you know from everywhere in the world to these different spiritual um, spiritual quests. I call them. You have Hawaii quest, you have um, Israel quest, you have India quest, you have Glastonbury uh, Glastonbury quest. You have you take people mm. to Iceland, which that's on my and list. Don't forget by the way. Ba- and don't forget Bali. Oh, I'm going. I'm going there <laughs> next, and the Bali is yeah. coming up. So let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Bali's coming up. I think we're full now for Bali. And, yes, every year we take people on these different quests, and the next one is in Bali. And Iceland is in July, and that's when we go in the Blue Lagoon, which is the largest thermal waters in the world. And we go in there and take our snorkels and our nose plug, and we roll up in the fetal position and breathe. And that's that's called wet rebirthing. And so we do that in July, and it's just magnificent. We spend about four hours a day in those waters, you know, because the thermal waters are really special, yeah. And it's a huge, huge lake, so we have a whole little area, and everybody kind of leaves us alone. 
<laughs> yeah, and so uh, you know, it's it's magnificent, really. It's just magnificent. It's kind of like the island of Hawaii with a lot of uh, lava rocks, and you know, Iceland is very mystical anyway because every third person is a psychic in Iceland, I think. And I, I love the energy. Yeah, and my my favorite places are Bali and Iceland. Yeah. So we do. We well, take they are on my retreats. list. <laughs> yeah. I have, oh, I hope you can make it. I know. And I have done, you know, wet rebirthing with you in um, Crestone. And the, okay, um, right. Mm-hmm. Well, and we weren't, I don't know if you remember this, but I was there celebrating my 40th birthday with a girlfriend. And, um, and both of our birthdays were right around that time. And so she kept talking about these outdoor springs. And wanted to go there. So, you know, when they're clothing optional, and, you know, at that time I was a little bit, what? I don't know. And she said, oh, come on. I said, you know what? What? A, you're right. I'm not going to know anyone. I, I, this is like a fire walk in a different way. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> so we're driving, <laughs> driving through these fields. As you know, and there's caribou every which way. And it was kind of isolated. And then all of a sudden you pull up, and here comes this lady with a clipboard. And we had, oh, I forgot this part. We had done whitewater rafting. And I oh. don't swim well at all. We had done whitewater rafting earlier that day where we actually were in a boat where we paddled. You know, some boats you just, you know, uh-huh. sit there and, and uh-huh. the guides do it all. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Level four, whitewater rafting. Here we are. So I am just like, I have a baseball cap on. I am like, oh, my gosh, I've overcome my fear with drowning. You know, I've done this. <laughs> now I'm going to go do nude um, nude things in the swimming pool or the hot hot pools, you know, in, in this remote place. And here's my girlfriend, always looking beautiful, sort of like you, in this sarong, and she's just, like, looking elegant, and I look at her thinking, why do you not look like you've just been through, like, uh, like what I've been through? And, but here we are, we're brave souls, right? And this mm-hmm. person comes with a clipboard, and she says, okay, we need your names, and then I hear, Cindy, I thought, there's no way. There is no way. I really did not hear my name. And then I hear Cindy. And I don't know <laughs> if you remember this, but it was you and Peter and Dana DeLong and Rhonda and Jeff, all, Rhonda LeVan Baker, all of you were there for the, that you had brought this group. And of course, there were four people from St. Louis, three of them my clients, all there <laughs> at Crestone at that exact moment. What are the chances of that? Yeah, really. Yeah, that's true. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, it's great. Isn't it great breathing in the thermal waters? It's just oh heaven, isn't it? It's fabulous. And then, you know, Sarasota Springs, I was there with you with over 200 people from all over the world. And, you know, I mean, Sandra, you're a catalyst. And, you're, you know, what mm-hmm. I love so much is you give so much with your your seminars, your teaching, the books, everything that you do. But then... What I've always loved about your international trainings is that at the end, you always offer at night, ho'a ho'a pona pona. Oh, right. That's the Hawaiian, yeah, that's the Hawaiian 12-step prayer. I I just did it the other day again. It's so wonderful to do that. It's a 12-step prayer. It takes about 30 minutes. It's a forgiveness of everyone and everything. And uh, you do the reason it's so powerful is you do a type of breathing while you're doing the prayers, you know. And the Kahuna's always said the problem with 
uh, ministers who did a regular church, they pray, but they never do breathing during the prayers. So that's why they said the prayers don't work. And this prayer, Ho'oponopono, you do breathing two two separate times in the prayer, and it's very powerful, yeah. I still do that. Oh, you came to St. Louis one time when we offered it free before your other seminar. We had 200 people there. In an afternoon, they all gave up a Saturday afternoon and all came because, you know. And I remember someone calling me afterwards that was there that day, and he said, you know, I was never so inspired. And he says, what amazed me the most is that Sandra Ray, who was teaching it, actually wrote her list during the teaching. Because you did. You wrote your list. Yeah, I always do it with everybody, definitely. I know. Oh, my goodness. I know. So, Sandra, I, I I know we want to talk about your new book, but before we go there, um, mm-hmm. what else would you like to talk about right now? I mean, you, you said there's three things. You know, there's the Divine Mother, Babaji, and Breathwork. And no, well, there's, you know, there there's um, the dream team. I call my masters Babaji, Amaji, and Jesus. And Jesus downloaded the Course in Miracles, which is a correction of religion. And Amaji is the Divine Mother, and Babaji is the Divine Father. So the three of them, I call them the dream team, are my masters. <laughs> so I feel very fortunate. And of course, that's available for everyone, you know. And it's really important to have a master because uh, nowadays there's just so much difficulty in the world. It, it really helps to have a master to tune into. So uh, I call them the dream team, and uh, they they always help me with everything, and they're available. You know, Babaji says, my love is available. You can take it or not, you know, and so anybody can be connected to these masters. So I recommend that you tune into that availability of those masters to help you, you know. And, yeah, that's that's my spiritual path well um you know breath work has uh, been my spiritual path forever since 1974 and when i got together with my husband marcus we added the divine mother element to it and made it more spiritual and then we started calling it liberation breathing so now when we do the breath work with a client we have we first we interview them and then you know we do the breathing for an hour and then at the end, we read these Divine Mother names, and then they turn on their side, and we do a mantra to the Divine Mother. So I've been told that makes it nine times more powerful, so we call that liberation breathing. It's just a new expression of rebirthing. It's still the same breath we did in rebirthing. And it's just incredible, you know, and... Um, I love it. I love to do it. Now I do it with my husband. We do private sessions. And then we travel around and we still teach the loving relationships training wherever we go and whatever other trainings people want. (coughs) And so we do private sessions. We can even do private sessions by Skype. So that's what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny, Sandra? I mean, I can remember, oh, my goodness, I can remember being in Greece when the old structure you know, was dissolved. And uh-huh. um, and I kept saying, 
you know, during the team meetings. We need to have a newsletter. We need to have a way to stay connected internationally. Um, of course, this was before Spirit Seeker. And um, I just kept saying, we need to find a way. You know, we need, you know, to find a way. To, and everyone was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Because we had, I forget how many countries represented. And what was funny is I was supposed to be an honored guest because I brought 12 people with me to Greece. Wow. And then mm, I arrived. That's great. And what I was told is, you're in charge of logistics. And I said, what? Ah. I, oh, <laughs> I don't Sandra, I'll never. Part. I forgot. And, you know, and, and so I said, what does that even mean? And it said, you're in charge of the whole assistance team, the translators, logistics, anything from anything to anything. And I was like, I thought I was supposed to be an honored guest. And they're like, well, this is an honor and a privilege to do this. Ah. And so, <laughs> I don't remember that part. Well, and I know, I know, I've been told, I don't That's know how That's because you can do it. That's because you're so powerful that oh, you can do I, it, I guess. Well, Sandra, I mean, that was quite an experience. You know, I have burned mm-hmm. from Germany, like, you know, stopping me on the steps saying, I'll never forget this. He says, you know, I can't, you know, you were allowed to ask anyone who didn't vote for you why they didn't vote for you at the team meetings. And so you could ask them outside the meetings why they didn't vote for you as a rebirth or trainer. And so I caught him on the steps and he always, he intimidated me a little bit. He was such a tall man and, you know, German, like my first husband. And I said, Bernd, can you explain to me, you know, why, why you feel you do not, you know, you're not able to vote for me. And he says, I don't think you've handled your case with alcoholic men and your father. And I said, what? And he's, I said, I've done so much work. And he says, my fear is that you would attract a whole training of alcoholic men who would be like your father. You, you haven't handled this yet. And I said, okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and oh my off God. I went. You know, and on it went, on it went, you know, on and on. Patrice, uh, I mean, you know, no men would vote for me. The women voted for me, except for a couple. And, you know, so then when we were leaving Greece after that whole experience, you and I are in the lobby waiting to leave, to go back to Athens. And you looked at me and you said, so um, so when are you going to handle your case with men? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was saying, right? Oh my goodness. Oh, you were you were spot on. You were totally spot on. And and what it what came later is I realized in one of my incarnations I was a Delphi Oracle. And yeah. as a Delphi Oracle I gave advice to the government that they did not want to hear. And so I had this oh. whole fear thing on like this little thread underneath everything of if I tell the truth, they don't really want to hear it. And of course, it played out in every every way with men. And um, when I got back from that trip, I can remember a girlfriend saying, are you kidding me? You brought 12 people. We're supposed to be an honored guest. They made you work your tail end off the whole time. And then you didn't even get the vote. And I said, oh, you don't understand. It was about so much more. It was so much more. You, you you can't understand it, but I know that there was a higher purpose and everything everything that I needed, I I received. And she says, boy, mm. you're stronger than me. At that exact moment, my <laughs> fax machine, I mean, you know, at that exact moment, my fax machine went off. And here is this fax mm-hmm. from Burnt in Germany saying, hello, Cindy, how are you? I want you to know you have my full vote. I feel that you have shifted your case with men. Love, Bernie. Oh, wow. I mean, Sandra, these are the <laughs> miracles that you experience all the time. I mean, you know, you you know that, 
I mean, you teach this. If you're not experiencing miracles, then your life is not in order. Like, miracles mm-hmm. are a normal, everyday occurrence. Right. Yeah, well, that's great. You remember all that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You have influenced and shaped <laughs> so, so in many the old lives. days where the old days where they were pretty wild days, weren't they? <laughs> they were wild <laughs> days. But you yeah. know what? It's what's brought you to where you are today and you know, and myself to where I am today. And you know, Sandra, mm-hmm. I I just adore you and will forever, mm. you know, from my heart to yours, you know that. Thank 18 you. years you came That's here, you know nice. that, right? 18 years. I uh, 18 years, yeah, in your backyard, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was Sandy Schultz. Yeah, well, you know, you I, I have these room. wonderful, <laughs> I have these wonderful Balinese wooden statues on my wall, which I got in St. Louis, you know, so I think about you every day, because I, these beautiful Balinese statues that they put in their rice fields in Bali, and I got them in St. Louis by some, you know, unusual circumstances, so I think of you every day. Mm-hmm. Well, and it goes back back to you, and I I have you on my helpful people in travel corner, which is okay. In, in feng shui, for those of you who are like, what is she talking about? There is a corner called helpful people in travel, and that is where you give thanks to all of your your people who guide you. And of course, you know I have the different, um, you know, the divine mother and the different people. But I'll tell you what, you have been a rock solid person that has been in my corner for you know as long as i can remember since 1992 so oh, thank you and you know i so made all the are. corrections i made all the corrections that you suggested when you came here and it's working good 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 yeah, i was so working. glad that you and marcus allowed me to play and you know just trusted you guys were just fabulous so well this mm. is a good segue i you know i had never met your husband so that was such mm. a true delight for me to meet the two of you mm-hmm. in nashville and um and get to know marcus and um mm-hmm. so so your new book you co-authored and the title is spiritual intimacy what you really want with a mate and right just yeah, so let's talk about your new book. I bet this was exciting to co-author this. Yes, and you know, the reason that I gave it that title is because uh, the clients would come to me and they would say they were very bored in their relationships and, and, and there was no intimacy spiritually. What they really wanted was uh, the ability to connect with their mate and communicate with their mate about their spiritual growth, and uh, especially the women were saying, you know, I'm really going for it, I'm making all these changes, and I want to talk to my husband about this, and he doesn't want to talk about it. And I heard this over and over, and uh, I heard that what the women were saying is they, they miss this kind of communication and connection with their mate where they could discuss their spiritual changes, and so that's why I called it spiritual intimacy. And I found out that's that's what people really want. They want this level of connection and this level of communication about their spiritual life, and they want to have that with their mate. And you know, we're talking about the new paradigm or the paradigm of holy relationships, and we're talking about. Uh, a relationship where you're together for the evolution of your soul, and both of you know that. And that makes all the difference in the world. From You know, you can't really go by the relationship you had with your 
you can't really copy the relationship your parents had because it didn't work, and it doesn't work for nowadays, you know. So you have to learn a new paradigm, a new way of relating. And so uh, the first thing is, what is a holy relationship? I mean, it's where you're together for the evolution of your souls, and you both know that, and your mate is kind of like your ascension buddy. You know, I like that term, ascension buddy. You're both helping each other ascend the ladder of holiness together. And uh, then, you know, so the whole book is about how to have that kind of deep, deep connection. And I think, you know, we did some research recently interviewing people, and what they said was that they were missing that kind of connection and that kind of communication, and that's what they wanted more than anything, you know. So you have to have a mate who's who's willing to have that with you, right? That's the main that's the main thing. You have to have a mate who is on this similar spiritual path. I mean, the ideal is if you're both on the same spiritual path. I mean, you could have different spiritual paths, but you got to be on some spiritual path. And the ideal is if you were if you were on the same spiritual path, it makes it really easy. You know, Sandra, I can remember at Unity Church on Skinker in St. Louis, I don't know, I forget how many hundreds of people we had there that night, and I remember you saying, you know, you know, yes, if you're on your spiritual path and your partner isn't, of course you can make it work. You can make it work. But you said, I'll never forget it, but you said, but if you're both on the same, on, on the spiritual path, and if you're even on the same spiritual path, look at how much ease there is. That is so much easier and so much, you know, like you didn't say it, but divine alignment. And I, I love how you talk, you know, you just said your spiritual ascension buddy. You know, it's like right, right, it's, just, right. And it's you know, so much easier, you know. And it is, you know. And what I, what I wanted is, you know, I was uh, married a long time ago and got divorced and, er, and a long time ago. And then I was alone for many years and I was fine. I was happy alone. But then I said, oh, I want to experience a holy relationship in this incarnation because I read about it in The Course in Miracles. So I made that decision, you know, and then I asked my guru, Babaji, to pick my mate. I said, well, I'm a public figure and I need the right kind of person, and so you pick my mate. (laughs) And, you know, I asked for that and I got it. And uh, so I think what people need to do is they need to decide what what are their priorities, you know. Is there a priority to get enlightened, which is what they should have as a priority, I think is to get enlightened in this lifetime, and therefore you want a mate who helps you get enlightened, you know, and that should be your top priority. And when you do that, it changes everything. And, oh, mentioning uh, making it easy, I, I decided my idea of a good relationship was deep ease. That's what I thought, you know. That would be the kind of relationship I would want. I didn't want conflict, and I wanted it to be deep ease. And so I said, well, I better meditate on that, you know, if I want to create that. So I meditated on that for about a year, and then Mark came into my life, and the first thing he said is, I want a conflict-free relationship. And I said, that's perfect. That's what I want, and well, let's have that as our first agreement. So we had an agreement to create a conflict-free relationship. 
And because we made that agreement, we've been able to really stick with that. And uh, rarely do we have any upsets. If we do have anything that's upsetting to us, we process it immediately before it turns into an argument or something. And, you know, it's so wonderful when you have that agreement with your mate, deep ease and conflict-free relationship. But then, of course, you have to learn how to solve conflicts. You know, you have to learn conflict resolution. And that's what I teach in this book. Here's an excerpt. Okay, this is in the... um, October issue of Spirit Seeker, The Good Ingredients for Spiritual Intimacy. And here's what Sandra mm-hmm. and Marcus write about clarity. Uh, no, 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 mm-hmm. I don't want clarity. I want the absence of conflict. In this new paradigm, mm-hmm. the couple is a team and is going for solution to conflicts. There is an easy way to solve potential conflicts, a method that I channeled called the highest thought game. The first mm-hmm. step is that each person has to give up their position and their need to be right. Then they strive to receive the highest thought for a solution. The highest thought would be the most positive, the most loving, the most productive, the best for all concerned, and the one that feels the best in your body. The new mm-hmm. frequency couple goes for solution. Right. And, you know, that game is fun. The highest spiritual thought game is instead of arguing about, you know, what what I want or what he wants, or you go for a solution that's the thing you both want, and you channel the highest thought, and it's fun, you know, because you're, you're going for higher and higher thoughts, more and more positive thoughts. And if Mark gets the highest thought, then I gladly go up to his thought. If I get the highest thought, he gladly goes up to my thought. And if we get a thought which is kind of close, we don't know which is the highest thought. Well, we don't argue about that. We would go and meditate or consult or clairvoyant or something. But usually we can figure out what's the highest thought because it feels good, you know, and uh, we're not attached to who gets it. You know, a five-year-old kid in the house could get the highest thought because they're channeling infinite intelligence, you know. So this game is fun, and the people that I teach it to when they practice it, they do really well. The problem is some people forget to practice it because the ego is addicted to conflict and doesn't want to get the solution. So, you know, you have to you overcome know. this. you have to overcome this tendency to have a fight, you know, and the ego wants to keep everything into a conflict. So the highest thought game is a method of conflict resolution that really works. And then there's the issue of anger. I'm always trying to get people to give up their anger, and people don't want to do it. You know, they're very attached to their anger, and they think, well, you know, I have a right to be angry. And, you know, the Course in Miracles says anger is never justified, you know. So I'm always helping people try to get over their anger. And the way we deal with that is Babaji taught me the highest thing about anger. He said, you don't stuff it. That hurts your body. You don't suppress it. You don't dump it on somebody else. That hurts them. So what do you do with it then? You try to find out the thought behind your anger because all emotions are spearheaded by thoughts. So you say, the thought behind my anger is, and then you share that without yelling. You could say, you know, I'm feeling activated. 
well, okay, I can say that I'm feeling activated, which means I have a charge on this thing. And the thought I have that's making me feel activated is, and I don't have to be yelling or screaming or anything, I just calmly state that. And then I breathe out the bad energy. And this really works to solving anger instead of yelling at somebody or screaming or getting angry. Because anger is very destructive to the body, you know. So in the new paradigm, we talk a lot about handling anger. And uh, it's it's wonderful when you both are willing to give up your anger and deal with it this way. You know, I so love that's what another Amaji important says. thing. Yeah, I love what Amaji, um, what Amaji says about anger. Amaji says anger weakens every cell in the body. Right, definitely. It makes you weak in every cell of your body. And some people have this illusion that it makes them strong, but it's really making them weak, you know. And uh, anger is a kind of a cover-up for fear, too. So when you have a relationship free of anger and free of conflict, it's really fun, you know, and it's enjoyable. And, uh, you know, because anger, anger provokes separation. When you're angry, you're pushing away people. So you're pushing away your mate and you're pushing away anybody that's in your space. So um, being free of anger is definitely part of the new paradigm. Well, and Sandra, I love what you and Marcus write in your book about togetherness. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to read this, too. It says, some kind of daily spiritual practice is a must and best if done together. Then you talk mm-hmm. about discovery, discover, discovering what your partner wants, needs, and desires, and helping him or her get it makes you both happier. At the mm-hmm. same time, you remember there is space for differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we do spiritual practices uh, every day, and we try to, you know, get up, take a shower, and then sit down and do a spiritual practice before going to the computer. That's really important. And the spiritual practices that we do are we we read the Course in Miracles lesson, for example, one lesson a day, and we do mantras on our our 108 beads, and we maybe do forgiveness prayers or, you know, prosperity prayers or whatever we're working on. And if we're taking a walk, we take our malas and we say, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya while we're walking. Okay, so after we do these uh, spiritual practices, then we start our day. And it makes a total difference in your day. I mean, when we don't do it, the day does not work as well. So that's where we are together, doing our spiritual practices together is really fantastic. And um, it makes you feel good, gets your day really straight. So I recommend that people do that. And you can read the Course in Miracles lessons, you can do prayers, you can do mantras on your beads, or forgiveness prayers, or prosperity prayers, or whatever your practice is. But you should do it before you go to the computer. Because if you go to the computer, open it up, and start reading your emails, it's all over. It's already started. You can never go back to the practice. Oh, my gosh, Sandra, I can remember when I, you know, this was back in the day, and I said, Sandra, you need a website. And you're like, what? And this is, you know. Oh, right. Remember that? Oh, my gosh, I can remember, you know, designing your website, designing Beatrix's website, and, you know, 
Jim, I, we really had no idea, did we? I mean, we did, didn't but we know, didn't. We had no but, idea, and I remember they told me if I would get grounded in St. Louis, everything would work. I don't know why they told me. Somebody told me that, some clairvoyant, because it was like the center or something. But can you imagine back in those days with no websites? Yeah. You know, now we can't oh, even imagine it. Right. Mm-hmm. We were at St. Louis. When you lay the body across the United States, St. Louis, interestingly enough, is the heart chakra. The heart, right. they call it the heartland. And, you know, and you're from Iowa, you know. I mean, we're different here. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my former, well, they're not former. My, my son's family from New York, the relatives, when they would come to St. Louis, they'd be like, oh, we've got to go back to New York. People are way too polite here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to just That's laugh. interesting. But we no, are, I know. Right, well, we it's good. The Midwest here. is good. The, the Midwest is good for that, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad I came from there. Yeah. Yeah, is. I mean, now everything's on the computer. But I, I really think this idea of being together, doing spiritual practice together is so beautiful for a couple. And, uh, you know, most people aren't doing that, and they're missing out the opportunity to go to a higher frequency. You know, if you do if you do these spiritual practices together, you go to a higher frequency, and then you get you feel better and you stay healthy. You know, the way to stay healthy is to be in a high frequency, which is more light in your body and so on. You know, and of course, breath work does that too. Breath work puts you in a higher frequency, and spiritual practices. Breath work is a spiritual practice, but there's other spiritual practices also. And, you know, when you go, let yourself go to this higher frequency, you feel good, you know, and everything is uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, in this book, Spiritual Intimacy, you say that, you know, how how do we get to this new frequency for relationships and, you know, mm-hmm. and have the spiritual intimacy? And you say that there are ten basic um, principles. Number one, trust. Number mm-hmm. two, honesty. Number three, tolerance. Number four, gentleness, which I I just love that. Number yeah, five, joy. Yeah, these are from the Course in Miracles. These are uh, characteristics of God's teachers, actually, that they're listed in the Course in Miracles teachers manual. That's where they can find these. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know, but that's been your tenant. I mean, you you have been. I mean, you wrote a whole book on the Course in Miracles. Yeah, I wrote Drinking the Divine, which uh, is a book about uh, an outline of the text of The Course in Miracles. The Course in Miracles has three parts. It has a teacher's manual, a text, and a workbook. Now, the workbook is one lesson a day, which is wonderful. But the text is very, very profound and deep and very hard sometimes for people to stay conscious with it. So I wrote an outline of the text in Bali. And, uh, you know, by the way, we are starting to have a Course in Miracles online class now to help people because uh, they they sometimes need support studying the Course in Miracles. So we're starting to have an online class. You know, the Course in Miracles, to me, is the highest book in 2,000 years, the most important book in 2,000 years, I always say, you know, and uh, I really believe that. So it totally changed my life because it's a correction of religion and straightens you out. You know, we got very confused in religion. 
So, yeah, I wrote a book called Drinking the Divine, which was kind of like an outline of the text, which is very deep, and I wrote that in Bali. And it's a, you know, The Course in Miracles is a lifelong thing. You, you, it's, it's for your whole life. You've got to keep reading it and reading it. And every year you go deeper and you understand things that you didn't get the year before. So... um I'm glad you mentioned the Course in Miracles because, you know, spiritual intimacy means you are kind of studying that together as a as a path. It's just incredible. So, listeners, right. com is where you go. com, and then, you know, hit the Contact Us button, and then you can be added to Sandra's email list, and, you know, you can find out about all the wonderful things that they're doing. And, of course, if you want to be added to the Spirit Secure list to find out about all you know, of the wonderful things, you know, available, all you have to do is, you know, ask to be added to info at spiritseeker.com. To our week, we do a weekly email newsletter in addition to the monthly magazine, in addition to the weekly radio show. So um, mm-hmm. we just do a lot, you know, and Sandra has been on the front lines forever. She's been my, you know, she inspired me in 1992 in, in so many ways. I mean, I'll never forget meeting you, Sandra, and you know, I remember thinking, what am I doing in this backyard being eaten by mosquitoes? <laughs> and, and what does Om Namah Shivaya mean? And, 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 and every time you would hit the CD player to pay, play the Om Namah Shivaya chant, you'd short it out. You would just come back oh. to India. And I just remember oh, someone saying, Sandra, okay. don't, don't touch it. Leave it alone, and it'll be okay. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, someone else like, you know, recalibrated it on some level. Your frequency was so high. So, Sandra, <laughs> in closing, you know, we're gonna, you know, what, will you please tell our listeners if they're saying, what does Om Namah Shavaya mean? Because, you know, okay. Babaji taught... Okay, you know, first of all, right, okay. that's a good question. First of all, Babaji says the formula for happiness is love, truth, simplicity, service to mankind, and then he gave us the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, and the breathing to clear ourselves. So Om Namah Shivaya, he says, is the highest thought in the universe. It's the highest possible thing, and it's in Sanskrit because it's more powerful. And it means infinite spirit, infinite being, and infinite manifestation. And it also means I bow to Shiva, the part that, of God that destroys my ignorance. So when you're chanting it, not only do you clear your ego and your negativity, but you also can charge yourself up. It's like putting yourself in a socket, electric socket, to get charged up. So it's very powerful. I don't know anything else that does that, that clears you of your ego at the same time charges you up. You know, that's that's a magic formula, really. So, uh, right, so Om Namah Shivaya, we have many different tunes, arrangements. Uh, you know, some are slower, some are fast. And, you know, I have one CD where I have all kinds of different uh, versions of Om Namah Shivaya. It's so exciting to play it. And uh, it, it can heal you because... Uh, you know, it's the highest vibration. Right. So, my, yeah. My kids grew up with me playing Laraji. Remember Laraji? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And my kids That's would be like, amazing. Mom, Mom. You know? And it's like, and what Om Namah Shavaya 
does is it correlates to the seven chakras. And, you know, six are uh-huh. on the body, om, namah, shivaya, all six. And then the seventh mm. is spinning so fast that it's, like, not on the body. So it's like there's seven ancient syllables to this. I mean, it was brilliant, just so brilliant and so beautiful. Mm. And mm. Um, I need to find my bracelet from India with Om Namah Shivaya on it in Sanskrit. I oh, you don't it. have it. Oh, yeah. We have I to have it. It's somewhere, one. but it's misplaced. So may it, may it show maybe up. Maybe it'll probably show up India after this interview. <laughs> I've never been. I know. I was supposed I to know. go in Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your time. Yeah. Okay, so listeners, this is the fabulous Sandra Ray. I mean, fabulous on every level. And Sandra, thank you mm. so much you know, for taking time out of your busy schedule and finding the time to be my guest. Thank I you. It's been really love fun and adore to talk you. to you. And okay. I, I want to say hi to everybody out there, and I'm really glad to connect with everybody, and uh, I just really appreciate you, Cindy. Okay. Okay, from my heart to yours, namaste. Okay. Good okay. night, everyone. Thank you, Sandra. Good night. Okay. Good night. Much love.